step off the bus, shake off the where you came from dust. Grab your guitar, walk down the street. Signs is Nashville, Tennessee. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the St. Ambrose University Sports Show on KLA HD2 106.1, Schistel Speak Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Today is March 9th, 2023, and it has been a cold, snowy day here on the campus of St. Ambrose University and in the Quad Cities area. I think I speak for most people, maybe not all, but definitely most. When I say snow in early to mid-March, I'm sick of it. I don't like it. I'm sure a lot of people listening in don't like it as well. You know, maybe in late November, obviously December, January, maybe early February snow, perfectly fine. March, baseball's right around the corner for the MLB season. You know, collegiate baseball has already started. Collegiate softball has started. So I'm done with the snow. Um, That's just me, though. And like I said, I'm assuming a lot of people would agree with me on this one. So for those who tuned in last week, you may remember I talked about different Fighting Beast sports who competed in the national championships last weekend or are set to compete this weekend in their respective national championships. Let's start off the show by taking a look at how some of those went and some of the ones coming up. First and foremost, let's take a look at track and field for St. Ambrose. So St. Ambrose set three school records and crowned an All-American at the 2023 NAIA Indoor Track and Field Championships up in South Dakota this past weekend. Nolan Rudd became the program's most recent All-American. The senior set a lifetime PR and earned a spot on the podium with a school record time of 8 minutes and 30 seconds in the men's 3,000-meter run on Saturday. Uh, It was good for 8th place and 3 spots higher than his 11th place finish in the prelims. It was also better than his school record, his own school record, of 8 minutes and 33 seconds that he set in the prelims on Friday. Uh, On Friday, Gabby Butler also set a school record in the women's 400-meter dash. Her time of 56 seconds topped the previous mark of 57 seconds in 2016. Uh, She was also placed ninth in the country with that time. Gabby Butler was also a part of the school record-setting 4x400-meter women's relay team. She teamed up with Katie Lambrecht, Megan Jansett, and Megan Becker for a time of 3 minutes, 55.92 seconds, Thursday, that broke the previous school record of 3 minutes and 57 seconds back in 2015. It was good for a 15th-place finish. The Bees had a lot of other athletes in both track and field that just missed the podium. They had three men placed inside the top 14 for shot put on Saturday, and they had Anna Miller place 14th in shot put on the women's side. She had her best throw come in at 13.35 meters. Will Reemstow competed in a pair of prelims on Friday. He ended in 11th in the 400-meter dash with 48.39 seconds and took 36th in the 200-meter dash with 22.46 seconds coming in in his time. He was also a part of the distance medley relay team on Thursday with Luke Bennis, Reemsma, Kale Carty, and Nolan Rudd finishing in 19th with a time of 10 minutes, 15 seconds. 
also competing for the B-Men was Peyton Woods, who came in 30th in the weight throw with a distance of 15.9 meters. And Yemi Ward had a time of 6.97 seconds, which was good for 34th in the 60-meter dash. So, well done by the Bs in the NAIA Indoor Track and Field Championships. And now for Swim and Dive, the Swim and Dive team also was very strong at the national championships. Uh, They wrapped up their season with multiple All-American finishes at the NAIA championships down in Columbus, Georgia. So they really had a lot and almost too many to actually, you know, narrow down who. But I can say that the SAU men's team took seventh with 187 total points. It was it was really just an overall strong performance by this men's and women's swim and dive team as it looks like maybe five or six took home All-American honors for the Bs. So now that track and field has wrapped up their indoor season and swim and dive has wrapped up their NAIA national championship runs, It's kind of time to look at what happened with wrestling at their championships and then another sport that is getting set to kick off this weekend. So after taking seventh place in the Heart of Champions, the the wrestling team turned their attention to the NAIA championships this past weekend, where the team unfortunately took 58th out of 58. Tomorrow, March 10th, kicks off the Cheer and Dance NAIA National Championships in Michigan. Uh, Cheer and Dance, one of the strongest sports all around for St. Ambrose, and they're looking to just have really good seasons. They've won numerous championships in their past. Um, I could be incorrect here, but I believe I am correct when I say that the Cheer and Dance teams won nationals last year. And so it'll just be it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how they do. Both teams earn bids to nationals by winning their regional. Cheer won the Southwest Qualifier and Dance won the Northeast Qualifier. The dance teams will begin their competition with the prelim rounds starting at three o'clock PM tomorrow. And they're scheduled to perform at four ten Central Time. The cheer competition is scheduled to begin at 5.30 p.m. Central Time, with SAU scheduled to take the mat at 7.20 p.m. The final round of competition will begin Saturday morning with a dance at 8 a.m., followed by cheer at noon. The dance team comes into the championship with the highest average score in the NAIA. They have placed first in five competitions this season. Uh, The Bees have captured a dance title twice before, in 2018 and in 2021. The cheer team comes into the championships with a second-best average score just behind Xavier of Louisiana. They placed first in all six competitions this season, looking to capture a first title in cheer after placing third in 2022 and taking the runner-up spot in 2021. So like I said, lots of strong performances out of the cheer and dance teams in the past. They're looking to get a little bit better and both bring home national championships this weekend. So good luck to everybody who is involved in the cheer and dance programs. 
So for men's volleyball, the men's volleyball team has continued to drop games this past week. Last Thursday, the Bees fell to Olivet Nazarene by a score of three games to one. Then on Saturday, the Bees were swept by the Spartans of Missouri Baptist three games to none. The Bees also dropped on Tuesday to the Trolls of Trinity Christian three games to none on the road. The Bees' home game today was pushed up to 5 o'clock p.m. due to inclement weather. Uh, obviously, it was it was supposed to start at about 7, but with the snow that we've gone today, they pushed it up to 5. That game actually just wrapped up with the Bees beating the Turbo three games to one. That snapped a 11-game losing streak that the Bees were on. So now it's time to see if they can hit a nice long winning streak. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe they climb back to a better record. Their record currently sits at 5-16 and 16 overall and then 4-6 and six in the conference. Coming up for this men's volleyball team, they will face off against the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy at, at the tri-match in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, I don't know about you, but when I hear University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy, I don't necessarily think great sports programs, but that's just me. You know, never judge a book by its cover. That game will be at 2 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, and that will be followed up at 5 o'clock Saturday with the Bees facing off against Clark Clark University from Iowa, once again at the tri-match at the Kell Center in Dubuque. After that, the Bees will travel to Trinity International in Deerfield, Illinois on Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. for a matchup against the Trojans. Then the Bees will face off against Judson at home next Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. from Lee Loman Arena. I'll have more on some of those games and scores in next week's episode. So now a sport that I have not talked about in a very long time is bowling, and according to the athletics website... The bowling team has been out of action since the Hoosier Classic back on the 19th of February. In that event, the men's team took 16th out of 78, and the women's team took 11th out of 65. Now the men's and women's bowling teams will both be traveling to Tennessee this weekend to compete in the collegiate sectionals on Saturday and Sunday. After that, both teams will compete in the collegiate nationals in Las Vegas, Nevada, on April 19th through the 22nd. Beast fans and KALA listeners alike, that's going to do it for the first half of Schistel Speak Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Coming up after this short halftime break, I'll be back to talk about the conclusion of the track and field team's indoor season and then the lacrosse seasons. Then after that, it's baseball and softball talk mixed in with some tennis, and then a little shout-out to the men's basketball program. So don't touch that dial. I'm Ryan Schistel, and you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1, your exclusive home for St. Ambrose Sports on the air. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Can you hear us now? Ham radio works when other communications don't. 
To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. A public service message from your community radio station, KALA Davenport, and the St. Ambrose University Amateur Radio Club, K0SAU. When my family found out I was on drugs, they were devastated. It was killing them, you know, it was killing them. It tears your family up more than it does you. My dad was frantic, and he looked at me and he said, we're not going to gamble with your life. I wanted to have my family back, and that's when my mother found Narconon. If you or someone you love has a drug or alcohol problem, call Narconon today at 1-800-468-6933 or visit us at www.stopaddiction.com. My mom thinks chat rooms can be so dangerous. My mom, too. But what do moms know? Yeah, my mom thinks I'm going to meet up with some weirdo who's going to, like, molest me or something. Moms are so uncool. Yeah, we're like best friends already. We have so much in common. Sports, video games, lots of stuff. So why don't we meet up at the arcade? I'll bring lots of change. Cool. Let's meet at the food court and wear our baseball caps backwards so we recognize each other. I'm not telling my folks. Me neither. Meet me at noon. McGruff, the crime dog here. When your kids chat online, they have no idea who they're talking to. Warn them that predators surf the internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the internet. Tell them to get your permission before entering a chat room or giving out any information. Tell them to never meet anyone without taking you along. For more tips, visit McGruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. Expecting a baby? Both of you can get off to a healthy start with Iowa's WIC program, a free nutrition, counseling, and education program that benefits women, infants, and children. From breastfeeding advice to free formula, juices and milk to immunization information, you may qualify for a helping hand from WIC, Iowa's Women, Infants, and Children's Nutrition Program. Call WIC at 1-800-532-1579. Sponsored by WIC and the Iowa Department of Public Health. Aired by the Iowa Broadcasters Association and this station. Can we go back? This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Can we go back? This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Your station for St. Ambrose University Sports. KALA Davenport. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Ryan Schistel, live from the studios of KALA HD2 106.1 here on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of tonight's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. In the first half of tonight's show, I went and talked about the national championships of multiple sports at SAU the men's volleyball team, and the bowling teams. Now it's time to talk about tennis, baseball, softball, and a shout-out to some of the players on the men's basketball team. I apologize before heading to the commercial break. I said I would have a little bit more on track and field. That was a typo put in by me earlier in the week when I was kind of setting up what I wanted to talk about on tonight's show. So there is no more track and field talk, at least for tonight's episode. We'll have that back when it gets to the outdoor season. But for now, let's head in to the tennis team's talk. 
So the men's tennis team has competed in two games since returning to their season. On February 26th, the, the Fighting Bees got swept 7 to nothing against Division I Illinois State University. Then on March 3rd, the Bees fell 7-2 to Central College in Pele, Iowa. Paolo Vittor and Gabriel Guimare both won their singles matches for the Bees. Now, actually, it looks like the men's team just wrapped up their game from today against Simpson at the QC Tennis Club in Moline, Iowa. Or in, in Moline, Illinois, pardon me. The Bees won that one 6-1. to one. The Bees now have off until their spring break trip, which will have them going down to South Carolina from the 19th to the 21st. So, against Simpson, I'm sorry, yep, against Simpson, with the Bees winning 6-1, it was Paulo Vitor and Brian Lelm who won their doubles match. Gabriel Guimare and Gianfranco Garcia also won their doubles match. And then Bennett Piotr- Piotrowski and Grayson Piotrowski barely lost their doubles match to Simpson 6-4. to four. When it came to singles, Paulo Vitor, Brian Lelm, Gianfranco Garcia, Gabriel Guimare, Bennett Piotrowski all won their singles match. The only B who did not win their singles match was in the number six game, Connor Liebforth, who barely lost to Drake Downard from Simpson. So overall, it has not been a bad season for the B's tennis team. Six and four overall, 0-0 in their conference. And so, like I said, they're going to be heading down to Hilton Head, South Carolina, at the Von Der Meer Tennis Center for their spring break trip. The Bees will take on Wooster on Sunday, March 19th at noon, followed up by a match against Milliken on the 20th, which is a Monday, at 1 o'clock p.m. Then the Bees will close out their spring break trip against Frostburg State on March 21st, which is a Tuesday, at 8 o'clock a.m. So good luck to the men's tennis program as they head down to South Carolina. The women's team has not started off their spring season quite yet, but will play on Tuesday of next week against Augustana in Rock Island, Illinois. After that matchup against Augustana at 4 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday, the women's team will also be heading down to Hilton Head, South Carolina for their spring break trip, and the women's team will be competing against Wooster, Milliken, and Frostburg State all at the same times, all on the same days. When they return in the month of April, they'll have quite a few away trips. In fact, it looks like they will have six straight away trips to Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa, and Wisconsin before returning home for their season finale against Roosevelt on April 22nd. I'll probably have some more on tennis and upcoming episodes as their games continue to roll on. Now it's time for lacrosse talk for both the men's and women's teams. The men's lacrosse team continues to have a bit of a slow start to their season, 
splitting their two games this past weekend. On the first game, which was on Saturday, it was the opening of conference play for the men's lacrosse team this season. In that game, the Bees fell to Mount Vernon Nazarene 10-5. Cole Danner scored two times, and then Matt Cordopassi, Tyler Yetka, and Mikhail Shaddix all scored once. In the second game, which was played on Sunday, the Bees defeated number 4 Aquinas, Michigan, 10-8 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Michael Keating had a hat trick. Cole Danner and Tyler Yetka scored twice each. And then Isaiah Hahn, Mikhail Shaddix, and Michael Shakran all had one goal. A quick shout-out to Michael Keating, who is not only my RA, but he is a very good member of the men's lacrosse team. He scored his 1,000th 1000th point for the men's lacrosse team in their past game. Now, the men's team home opener against Madonna has been pushed back from today to tomorrow at 2 o'clock p.m. due to the inclement weather. I'll have more on that game next week. The Bees will also be at home this Saturday, taking on Midland at 1 o'clock p.m. The women's team continues to sit at 1-0 on the year for lacrosse and has two games scheduled for this week. The Bees will play at Marion on Friday at 6 o'clock p.m., followed up by a game Monday at Franklin College at 11 o'clock p.m., just like the men's team. I'll have more on those games in next week's episode. Now the final two sports I have to talk about for this week's episode are baseball and softball. The baseball team had a three-game series this past weekend against Mount Mercy, getting swept during all. In Game 1, which was played on Saturday for the Bees, it was a 7-5 loss to Mount Mercy. The losing pitcher in that game was Griffin Lapp, who came out of the bullpen. Frank Quinn started going four innings, giving up four hits, two runs, one of which were earned, with two walks and a strikeout. Lapp then came in for an inning and two-thirds of relief, giving up five hits, five hits, four runs, all earned, two walks, and one strikeout. Hayden Kingsbury and Grant Baker then came in to pitch later, but it is Lapp who takes the loss with his 14 batters faced. Frank Quinn hit a batter, Lapp hit two. Now, looking at hitting, uh, it was Chris McFarland and Adrian Ziatara who both had RBIs in the game. And it looks like Nate Villagomez hit a sack hit a sack fly as well as Adrian Ziatara. Bryce Vincent had an error on the on the game and then Bryce Vincent and Cooper Huckabone combined for a double play. So after game 1, the Bees had two games on Sunday. The first game was once again a loss, 3 to nothing this time. In the game, it was Connor O'Hara who started out for the Bees going 4 and 2 thirds innings giving up 6 hits, 3 runs all earned and six strikeouts. O'Hara took the loss, moving to 0-2 on the year, and then Joey Turek came in for the last inning and a half of relief, giving up two hits, no earned runs, and one strikeout. O'Hara faced 20 batters on the day. Turek had six. And then Thomas DeBrower had a stolen base. Noah McCreary had an error. The Bees combined for three hits in this game. Bryce Vincent... Brock Weber and Thomas DeBrewer all had one apiece. 
Then in the final game of the three-game set for the Bees, obviously, like I said, they got swept, and this time it was a 4-1 to loss for the Bees. In this game, and the 4-1 to loss, the Bees once again had only three hits coming off the bat of Brock Weber, who had one, Thomas DeBrower, who had one, and Logan Rose, who came in to pinch hit, who had one. Brock Weber had a double, Thomas DeBrewer had an RBI, and then Thomas DeBrewer also grounded in to a double play. Adrian Ziatara had two stolen bases in this game, and then Jake Mucha, Thomas DeBrower, and Caden Thode each had one stolen base. Mike Pauza and Caden Thode each had an error on the day, and then Noah McCreary, Cooper Huckabone, and Caden Thode all combined for a double play. Nick Volmert was on the mound to start things off for the Bees in this game, going three and a third innings, giving up five hits, four runs, only one of which were earned, and two strikeouts. He was pinned with the loss, moving to one and three on the year. Nick Hernandez came in for relief for the Bees, going two and two-thirds innings, giving up no hits and no earned runs with one strikeout. Volmert and Hernandez both had two hit-by-pitches, with Volmert facing 16 batters and Hernandez facing 9. So now looking at it for the Bees, they have since traveled to Florida, and first up in Florida, it's the Warner Invitational. The Bees played two games today, the first of which was a 6-1 to loss at 11 a.m. against Lawrence Tech. So in this game for the Bees, in the 6-1 to loss, the Bees racked up five hits in this game, two of which came off the bat of Brock Weber, and then one hit apiece for Cooper Huckabone, Adrian Ziatara, and Chris McFarland. Connor O'Hara was starting on the bump today for the Bees in game one, going three and two-thirds innings, giving up seven hits, three runs, which were all earned, and four strikeouts. Grant Baker, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Johnson, and Alex Heckroth all came in in relief, but it is O'Hara who gets pinned with the loss, moving to 0-3 on the year. Cooper Huckabone hit a home run, and it was a single home run, or a solo, I should say, for an RBI, and then Nate Villagomez hit a sack fly. Jalen Avery had a stolen base, and then Nolan Mc- Noah McCreary, Cooper Huckabone, and Bryce Vincent combined for a double play. Then in game two of today at 1 o'clock p.m., it was a 5-2 loss for the Bees, against St. Thomas. In this game, the Bees racked up six hits with one error. It looks like those hits came from Ray Hernandez, who had two, and then Carlos Valderrama, Edward Mateo, Franklin Pinales Jr., Brian Garcia, Chris Scholler, Robin Fernandez, and Angelo Piloto each had one hit. Starting on the bump today, I'm sorry, I was just reading the hits for St. Thomas. I just caught that myself. Cooper Huckabone had three hits. Bryce Vincent had one. Mike Pauza had one. And Thomas DeBrower all had one. Frank Quinn was once again on the mound for the Bees, going un- only going one and two-thirds innings. He gave up two hits, three runs, which were all unearned, and he walked five. 
Joey Turek came in out of the pen going five innings, giving up six hits. Six hits, two runs, which were both earned, two walks, and five strikeouts with a home run. Jacob Bosse came in for the last third of an inning, going, it looks like he went only that third inning, giving up one hit with one strikeout. So, actually, now that I look at it, I think that it may have just been a little bit switched up in the order, but Joey Turek was probably the starter if he went five innings with Frey Quinn coming out of the pen. Um, I don't know why it's a little bit messed up on the website I'm looking at, but nevertheless, Quinn is pinned with the loss. Now on a 10-game losing streak, the Bees will play against Warner tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m., and then will maybe play Saturday, but with two losses so far, I wouldn't expect it to be likely. After that, the Bees will have their home opener in a doubleheader against Olivet Nazarene from Modern Woodman Park on Tuesday at 1 and 4 o'clock. In softball action, the team had their outdoor home opener against William Penn yesterday from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, winning Game 1 by a score of 2-1. to one. In the game for the Bees, they, racked, they only racked up three hits, but they scored once in the first and then once in the sixth, which was enough for the 2-1 to one victory. Allison Polly, Mackenzie Stew, and Reagan Engberg all had hits in this game. Stew had a double, and then Allison Polly and Mackenzie Stew each had an RBI. Alyssa Schumacher hit a sack fly. Shay Edrich and Reagan Engberg each had a stolen base. Edrich was also caught stealing. Erica Ralph started this game off for the Bees, going four and a third innings pitch, giving up two hits. One run, which was earned, three walks, and five strikeouts. Annabelle Cruel, however, will get the victory out of the bullpen, moving her to 2-0 on the year, going two and two-thirds, giving up one walk and one strikeout. Then, in the second game of the doubleheader yesterday, it was a 5-1 victory for the Bees, scoring three in the third and two in the sixth, with six hits. Leading the hits was Alyssa Schumacher, who went two for four on the day. Shea Edrich, Casey Sprout, Erica Ralphs, and Kayla Stenger all had one hit apiece. Ralphs and Stenger had doubles, Schumacher had a home run, and then Edrich, Schumacher, and Stenger all had RBIs. Schumacher had three. Casey Sprout had a stolen base, as well as Allison Polly, who had two. Aaron Cornwell had an error on the day for the Bees. Emily Erickson got her start on the bump in the second game of the doubleheader, going five innings pitch, giving up three hits, no earned runs or runs in general, one walk, and two strikeouts. Maria Provenzano came in from the bullpen, going two innings pitch, giving up three hits, one run, which was not earned, and one strikeout. Emily Emily Erickson gets the win, moving her record to 3-2 and two on the year. It's Provenzano's first save. So now the team will play Wednesday against Augustana, Illinois, against against Augustana, Illinois, I'm sorry, next Wednesday, from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock p.m. After that, the team will travel to Plantation, Miami, and West Palm Beach, Florida over spring break. Now before closing out tonight's show, a, con- a congratulations is in order for the seven men's basketball players who were named to the NAIA Scholar Athletes Team. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. You can catch all past episodes of Schistel Speak Sports on streaming services such as SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. So go check those out, definitely. Uh, it does mean a lot. If you like them, give them some likes. Give them five-star ratings or whatever rating you really think is fair. But once again, I'm Ryan Schistel, and this has been Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Have a great rest of your week, and go bees. And as it's snowing, uh, I tried to play something with a little bit of a tropical beat, so enjoy this music from Zach Brown Band to close out tonight's show. Again, another lullaby.